Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. God, I thank you. Woo. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Ah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my, 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 my. Hallelujah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I reminded her that old song says, You don't know, like I know, what the Lord has done for me. <laughs> you can't praise Him like I can praise Him. Because of what the Lord has done for me. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, oh God. Oh, my, my, my. Yes, God. Oh, God, oh, God. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. Yes. Ah. If I had 10,000 tongues, I could not praise you enough for what you've done. Oh, God. Oh. Oh, God. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Ah. Yes, Lord. Ah. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12, bless the name of Jesus. I'm going to go into the word this morning. Yes. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. Reading again from the 12th chapter, I'll just read verses 1 through 6. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and carried out, cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, 
an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. His tail, his tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. We're going to really kind of encompass the chapter, but I want to use for a thought this morning, confidence to live the life, defeat the enemy, and fulfill the assignment. Confidence to live the life. Defeat the enemy and fulfill the assignment. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you for prospering your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives as you prosper this word that you sent to us to say is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Confidence to live the life, defeat the enemy, and fulfill the assignment. Actually, the title is all-encompassing because as we preached, ministered on last Sunday, as followers of Jesus, our spiritual lives, our Christian life, is not separate from our everyday life. And our assignment is encapsulized in, uh, in our life that we live every day. So wherever we are, we're Christians. Wherever we are, we're followers of Jesus. And we carry the message. We live to fulfill the assignment that's on our lives. If you're living for any other reason, you need to go back to the Lord and pray and ask for insight and revelation as to why he has allowed you to be in the earth realm. Now, this message is not intended to be an in-depth uh, study of this chapter, all right, of revelations and get into all of uh, the meanings of the symbolisms and everything that's tied up in the book of Revelation. This is not intended to be that, but it's intended to show us why we can have confidence to live the life, to defeat the enemy, and to fulfill the assignment. That's the intention of this message. So if you're looking for me to take time to go through everything that's symbolized in this chapter, I'm not going to do that today. All right? But I want you to glean some important things from this chapter. When you look at the book of Revelations, you know, even though a lot of times we don't preach from Revelation, um, people are in awe sometimes when we, we go into the book and we try to, to deal with all of the symbolism that's tied up in the book. There's no need for us to be in awe at anything. We just need to hear what the Lord says. And several times in Revelation, it says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the, the Lord is saying to the church, to the church, okay? This will speak, Revelation will speak to what will happen to unbelievers, those who don't follow Christ but follow Satan. It's, but it's important for us to hear the other side because God wants us to have confidence to live the life he's called us to live, to defeat the enemy, and to fulfill the assignment. Too many believers don't have confidence. 
If I were to call someone in here right now without you knowing it and ask you to come to the pulpit, and for some people, and even just to pray, you will begin to shake in your boots because you don't have confidence. Much less if I ask you to stand and say what the Lord is saying to you in your spirit. Because many of you don't have confidence in the Lord. Now, if you practice, you have confidence because you've rehearsed it. You understand what I mean? You have time. I tell you next Sunday you're going to pray. Then all week long, you're practicing your prayer. Are you following me? On the spur of the moment, we began to be nervous because some of us, not all of us, some of us a little bit more rooted in this. And if I were in a service and somebody called me to give a word from the Lord, I believe I have the confidence. I know I have the confidence to stand up and say what I hear the Lord saying in my spirit and believe God to be accurate. Uh, I don't know not to point people out, but I believe Alea was in our youth class when I was teaching several years ago, and we were talking about praying in the spirit, and I asked the class to divide up and to begin to pray for another person, and they joined hands and they prayed, and I said, just say what you hear in your spirit. And after they prayed, I asked the other person, Is what they, was what they prayed about accurate? And everybody said yes, because I had coached them and taught them what the word said about their ability being led by the Spirit of God to minister to somebody else accurately. So a lot of us just don't have confidence. How many times have you been asked to do something in ministry, and you said, I can't. Well, if you ever say, I can't, that's contrary to what the Word says. The Word says, I can do through Christ who strengthened. What, what, what is all things? Amen. So who's ready to come up here and give a word from the Lord? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Straight up. Amen. Hallelujah. Confidence to live the life, to face, to defeat the enemy, and to fulfill the assignment. The book of Revelation, although filled with a lot of imagery that is difficult to decipher at times without really studying and knowing history and, and, and knowing all of the ins and outs of, of literature and, and how things were written and how people received things during those days and times, is actually written to help Christians understand the things that must take place before the return of Jesus Christ. It deals with the defeat of Satan and his kingdom and the triumph of Christ and his kingdom along with those who are part of his kingdom. In short, it's a message that lets us know that evil does not ultimately win. Though there is cosmic warfare, Christ wins. Satan, his demons, and all those who follow him are defeated and eventually cast into hell. Satan, his demons, and all those who follow him all those. That means there are going to be some people that's going to hell. Everybody's not going to heaven. Amen. If you look at chapter 1 of Revelation verse 3, it says, blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. Go back and read it and mark it down. If you read the words of this book, this prophecy, 
and you take it to heart. You're blessed if you read it, but you're even blessed more if you take it to heart. If you're fearful about the things that's going on in the world around you, you've not taken the book of Revelation to heart, the prophecy of Revelation to heart. If you're fearful about nuclear warfare and, and, and somebody pushing the, the button, Putin or, or Donald Trump, <laughs> you haven't taken to heart Revelation. If you're fearful about dying, and saints, Christians have to come to terms with death. It is appointed unto man once to die and after death the judgment. Because you don't want to be, I don't know why I said, I don't want to be on my deathbed screaming and hollering and scared to go home to be with the Lord. Are you understanding me? There are a lot of things we have to come to terms with. We, we are so caught up in living this life that we don't understand that there is a, another life that we want to live and live forever with the Lord. And even in, in warfare, in this battle, Christians die. Amen. The number of missionaries who go on the field with a one-way ticket because they don't expect to come back. The places that they go are dangerous. Christianity is not welcome. The gospel is not welcome. And they realize that once they've made that decision for Christ, that they don't count their lives as valuable to themselves. And that's a struggle for the family. Sometimes it's left behind that don't understand. Because we want to hold on to people. We'll be trying to pull people out of the casket. They're already dead and gone. Some of us at the casket trying to pull them out at the grave site. Don't want to let the casket be lowered into the grave. I know I'm being a little bit. <laughs> but that's the mindset of a lot of people because they don't come to terms with death and the reality of death. Yes, it hurts us who are left behind. But Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you can be also. Now, the only way I can get there is there's a passage that I have to go through. There's a gate I have to cross over. Are you understanding? As we observe and, 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 and live through the things that are happening in the world around us, and as we experience spiritual warfare in our own lives, we need to take to heart, to heart the words of this prophecy. We can't give up. We can't give up. We, and, and we must stop compromising. Right? It's not good enough. We got to come to terms with, it's not good enough for me to praise God on Sunday and then Sunday afternoon cuss you out. That's not good enough. If you offend me, I need to bless you. I need to speak words of blessing over your life. It's just not good enough for us to compromise and say, oh, God will forgive me. Yes, he will, but that's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not because it speaks to your heart. And when you say God knows your heart, you're definitely telling the truth. The church world. Oh, God, help us in the church world. Because we compromise a whole lot. And we kind of brush it under the rug because God is a forgiving God. But shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? We must stop compromising. We, 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 we must have confidence in the face of trouble. We must have confidence as we are attacked by the enemy, uh, which might include sickness, it might include disease, it might include hardships or any other trials or tribulation, we, we've got to have confidence in our God. Because it's our confidence in God, our faith and our confidence in God that causes us to ultimately triumph along with him. 
But is it Peter that says, don't cast away your confidence? For it has a promise of what? Great reward. Don't cast away your confidence. You may be going through right now, but don't cast away your confidence. Sometimes you have to tell your mind to shut up because you don't want your confidence to be shaken. Amen. You got to hold on until there's nothing left to hold on to but Jesus and then hold on a little while longer. Yeah. Romans chapter 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we are peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. If you want to build character, if you want to build character, you got to go through some stuff and persevere through it. The reason a lot of people don't have good character is because they don't persevere. They don't persevere. They break under the pressure. They don't persevere. Persevere builds character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. This hope we have in Christ will not put us to shame. My confidence says to me that whatever I'm going through, whatever attacks of the enemy come in my life, my hope in Christ will not allow me to be put to shame. God will vindicate me. God will vindicate you. But don't cast it away now. Don't cast it away. The confidence that we have in Christ Jesus won't put us to shame. In the book of Revelation, we discover that Christ wins. And as Christ wins, those of us who placed our faith in him, those of us who are his followers, we win. We do. We win. We win. None of us wants to be on the losing team, right? Whoever played in the sports, whether you played a deck of cards or with a group, you didn't want to be on the, on the losing team, right? Everybody wants to be on the winning team. I wonder why more people are not on Jesus' team. Yeah. 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 We want to be on the winning team. Now, now we can't see into the future. Can we? we? We can't see into the future. However, there is one who can. Yeah. The all-knowing, the all-wise, the all-seeing God knows the future and holds the future in his hands and he lets us know the end of the story. We need to have confidence in him. Jesus wins. Last week's message we talked about dealing with those demons. And, and even though people were blessed by the message, Holy Spirit impressed in my spirit, how can people deal with those demons over the long haul the demons that are oppressing them, if they don't have confidence in, in me and who they are in me. Confidence. We can hear the messages, a lot of messages we sit in church and we hear and we say amen too. But, but it's in the battle. It's in the heat of the battle that you got to stand. You've got to have Confidence that God will bring you through and that God will vindicate you. It's when the devil is coming at you with all he has, you got to stand. Otherwise, you won't deal with the demons. You might, you might say yes to the message, but the demons will beat you up one more time. So the Lord spoke to me about confidence to live the life. Defeat the enemy and fulfill the assignment that we've been given. Again, it's all-encompassing. It's all-encompassing. If you're fulfilling the assignment, you're living the life, and you're defeating the enemy. If you're defeating the enemy, you're living the life, and you're fulfilling the assignment. If you're not living the life, you're not fulfilling the assignment, and you're not defeating the enemy. 
If you're not defeating the enemy, you're not living the life, and you're not fulfilling the assignment. If you're not fulfilling the assignment, you're not defeating the enemy, and you're not living the life. We've got to come to grips with some things, saints. We've got to be real with ourselves because we will come to church until we die and never live victoriously in our lives. Got to come to grips with things. Revelation chapter 12 gives us a picture of the conflict, of the cosmic conflict and God's faithful protection of the faithful community. That's what this is speaking to. The faithful community is speaking of Israel and is speaking of the church. So when you see the woman who represents Israel and the 12 stars who represents the 12 tribes, okay, but you also see the woman giving birth, amen, and then you read on over later on and you talk about the woman giving birth and, and, and you, you, you see how Christianity is birthed out of Judaism through Jesus Christ, and it kind of gives you a picture of what this is talking about. The important thing here is that God protects the woman and the child. You know what? You know why Israel has never been destroyed completely? Because God protects Israel. Israel will never be destroyed. I don't care who tries. I don't care what powerful nation tries to destroy Israel. Israel will never be destroyed because God has placed his seal of protection upon that nation. And guess what? Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Wow. So, so his church is not going to be destroyed. I don't care what we see happening. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what warfare comes against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church will never be destroyed. Never. God protects his church. I was listening to a person yesterday uh, on 106.9. And she was quoting somebody who said that, that they had given up on the church. I will be a follower of Jesus, but I'll no longer be a part of the church. Well, now that's contrary to Scripture. The Scripture says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. Just because there are bad people, and there are evil people, and there are immature people who have become a part of the physical body, you can't give up on the church. Because the church is more than a physical body. And while you judging people about their shortcomings and their inabilities, you got to look at yourself. And if you're so mature and so perfect, then stay and help people figure out their issues and work through their issues. You say, well, I'm not at that point that I can help somebody else. That's why you need to stay because you go to the doctor because you ain't at that point where you can handle your sickness by yourself. So you go to the doctor and he tell you you need to be in a hospital. Guess what? Among all those six people, you're going to be right up there in that bed with an IV stuck in your arm if that's what you need and them pumping medicine in your body if that's what you need. The church prevails. The church stands because of Jesus Christ. Now, now there's a lot of imagery in here that I'm not going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to tell you how we can have confidence. What we need to do to have confidence. And I listened to one of the songs, the second song that the praise team ministered this morning, and it tied into this. I can have confidence... To live the life, to defeat the enemy, and to fulfill the assignment because Christ's kingdom is firmly established. Jesus is not fighting now to establish his kingdom. 
what is described in, 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 in part of this chapter is the cosmic warfare that went on in heaven and Satan was kicked into the earth realm. You read the, the last part of this verse, uh, this chapter. Well, maybe it's not the last part. Oh, that's the wrong one. And it says, then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her seed. Well, that's not what I'm looking for, but it says, woe to those on the earth. Because Satan is waging war in the earth realm against the church. But Christ's kingdom is firmly established. He is king of kings and he is lord of lords. When God raised him from the dead on the third day with all power in his hands, he was established right then as king of kings and lord of lords. He had defeated the enemy already. Satan is angry because he knows his time is not long, that the end is coming. And so the only thing he can do, he can't. He's already lost the war in heaven. He was already kicked out of heaven. He took a third of the angels with him in that coup attempt. So he's already defeated. Christ's kingdom is firmly established, which means if we are in his kingdom... We are in an established kingdom. Satan is not going to defeat again. He's not going to defeat the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're in a kingdom that is firmly established. There is no possibility of Satan overthrowing the kingdom of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. In fact, the scripture says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and our Savior as they submit to Jesus. So, so when you look at this, this is not about who will be sovereign ruler over the universe, which includes the earth. That has already been decided. Jesus is already sovereign ruler. I mentioned on the cross that he, he, he died. He was buried. On the third day, God raised him from the dead. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, he has, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sin. And then in chapter 2, verse 15, following, it says, speaking of, what, speaking of what Christ accomplished to his death and resurrection, it says, he disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. So Satan is already defeated. Whose side are you on? Satan gives the appearance of being a roaring lion. He gives the appearance of being so strong and so powerful. But we have the testimony of the word and it has been proven in history that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Now we have the testimony of the word that he has disarmed. What do disarmed troops do? They surrender. They surrender. Or they try to run away. You know... I don't know why I keep, I'm so interested in this war in Ukraine. It's from the beginning, it just didn't seem right to me that Russia would invade this country. And I know all of the political reasons, but it's just something about that war that just keeps eating at me. So this past week, I've just been reading about how Russian troops have been running away from Ukraine with this counteroffensive, leaving weapons and ammunition behind. Saints, that just gives me an image of how if we have confidence in our God, Satan is going to flee from us. Didn't the Bible say resist the devil? And he will do what? Flee. Didn't say he will walk away? When you flee, you're getting out of there. You ain't standing around to try to find out what's going to happen because you know that now you don't have the power to stand. You don't have any weapons to stand with. So you're running for your life. Can you get that image of Satan when you stand in the confidence of the Lord Jesus? I don't know if this is making any sense to anybody, but it sure made a whole lot of sense to me. 
You got to have confidence in the fact that you are in an established kingdom. God even watches over his word to perform it. Now, how many saints, listen, 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 people. We talk about this all of the time. You got to stop letting the devil, telling the devil that you can't memorize scripture. You got to stop verbalizing that. You got to stop putting that in the atmosphere. And you got to get in this word and you got to learn this word and memorize this word because this is your weapon. This is the sword of the spirit. Talking about you have faith and you don't even know the word. What are you going to speak when the devil comes? What are you going to say when the devil comes? What did Jesus do when Satan came to him in that wilderness experience? He spoke the word. This word is active. This word is alive. This word is spirit. This word is life. Now, 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 you need to stop being so slowful and so lazy and, 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 and have such low esteem that you tell yourself you can't memorize this word. No, you can't memorize it. You memorize the songs you listen to. You know every word. Now, I ain't just talking about the spiritual songs. I'm talking about the rock and roll and, and what well, they don't call it R&B. And, no, every song. Sing it with confidence. You can, some of y'all can tell me what went on on the soap operas this week. Just know it. You can memorize the word. This word is powerful. This word is powerful. You got to speak the word. You got to, you, when, when the devil attacks you, you got to speak the word of God. Ah, and, and, and So Satan and his demons are defeated, firmly defeated. Yeah, he's angry. He, he's, he's furious, and we can see it. I mean, and, and it seems like now that, that his activity is increasing. And the Bible says it because he knows what? His time is short. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and, and then the Word of God says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. When I look at what Christ has already done, and I, and I gain confidence in the fact that Satan and his demons have already been defeated, that I have authority over him, then I don't operate in the spirit of fear. Operate in the spirit of a sound mind. Sound mind. His kingdom is firmly established in the heavenly realm. So you have that fact. Do you believe it? Do you really believe that Jesus' kingdom is firmly established in the universe? Satan cannot, there's not going to be another coup d'etat. He lost the first one, that's it. He's already sentenced there's no means of redemption for him. So he can't slither back in so he can start another coup attempt. Can't do it. Secondly, you have your testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Now, let's talk about our testimony. As as as. As, as John writes this revelation, as he writes it down, verse 10, he says, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah, Jesus' kingdom, firmly established. For the accused of our brethren and sisters who accused them before God day and night have been hurled down, Satan cast out of heaven. They triumphed, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. You have the word of your testimony and the blood of the Lamb. You have the word of your testimony and the blood of the Lamb. 
what is your testimony? As I was dealing with it, the Lord said, talk to people about their testimony. Because somebody will get up and testify, the Lord has been good to me. That's not your testimony. What is the first thing that you're going to testify about? Well, when I look at this, now has come, it didn't say healing. Now has come, it didn't say a financial blessing. Now has come, it didn't say you got a new wife. Now has come, didn't say you just gave birth to a child. Now has come the salvation. So your testimony, and this is what Satan does not want you to give. Your testimony and the, is the testimony of your salvation that came through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. You heard the word of the Lord. You believe the word of the Lord. God saved you. Folk will look all over their salvation. A lot of people don't even today want to talk about their salvation. They want to talk about everything else except the Lord saved me. How did he save you? Because I heard the gospel. I believe the gospel, and I accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on that cross for myself. He shed his blood for me. He took my place in death. He provided the atoning sacrifice. He made me at one with God because of what he did for me. That's my testimony. That's what Satan does not want you to give. Because people don't get saved because you say God's been good to you. People don't get saved even because you say God healed you. People don't get saved because you say God gave you a new job. Faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. Oh, the testimony. The testimony. I was told that when the choir's been rehearsing for the outreach, you've been being trained in how to give your testimony, which is the gospel. Satan came to take your testimony. Satan wants your testimony because your testimony is going to glorify God. When you talk about how God saved you through the blood of the Lamb, it's giving glory to God. Satan wants the glory. He's always wanted the glory. He still wants the glory. And if he can't have the glory, he's going to try to stop you from giving God the glory. How many people in church don't give the true testimony? I'm not talking about going into all the glory details. I'm talking about the gospel. We'll go all the way around the gospel. And how, how, do we, how long do we have to keep saying it? We got to sit you down and we got to take you through classes on how to give your testimony because you're not paying attention in church. How many? How many? How many people can give the testimony of the gospel in a few words? You hear this one minute, one minute Bible basically just taking you through the points of the gospel message that Holy Spirit uses to lead people to Christ. Oh, yeah, would you say, Pastor, but God has been, yes, he has been good to you. And yes, you might inspire somebody to want the God who blessed you with healing because they might want blessing, but they may not want salvation. How many people, when they get sick, People don't care anything about God. They don't care anything about the church. But as soon as they get sick, they want somebody to pray for them. They don't want salvation. They just want to get over their sickness. Oh, pray all on Facebook. Pray, pray, pray. I'm praying for your salvation. That's the most important thing. Because if you die, you need to be saved in order to enter heaven. You don't need to be healed on this side. They overcame him by the word of that testimony. And we see in the wilderness experience when Satan came up against Jesus, the word of his testimony was what he gave. 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the word. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. That's word. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. That's word. I looked up the meaning of testify. Testify is when you declare the truth about something. When you declare the truth about something. That's part of the meaning of to testify. So I'm, I'm, I'm testifying. So I am declaring the truth about Jesus Christ. I am declaring the truth about what God did in Jesus. I am declaring the truth of what God accomplished for me on the cross of Calvary. I'm declaring that to the world. I am declaring that I am saved because I've trusted in the finished work of Christ on Calvary. There is no need for another, another sacrifice. God finished it in Jesus, and in Jesus alone shall we be saved. So when the tempter comes, we have to learn how to declare the truth. When the tempter tries to raise arguments in your mind, Declare the truth. When a tempter tries to lure you into, into, into uh, the temptation of fame and fortune and pleasure and excitement, declare the truth. Uh, Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down the strongholds, casting down arguments or imaginations, and every high thing that exalts, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Take it, every thought in the captivity to the obedience of Christ, every thought. So when you're faced with a situation that you got to speak the truth, don't say, I can't. Take that thought in the captivity. Pull that stronghold down. Because what has happened is you spent so much time with the devil, and I may not be talking to y'all, but I'm talking to y'all. You've spent so much time with the devil influencing your mind that he's built up strongholds. He's raised up strongholds. All of those arguments against, against God, against the truth, against Scripture, he's built strongholds. you got to pull those things down. It's a whole learning process for folk. People who just go to church, who just go just to be going, and they're not really serious about a relationship with the Lord and getting into the Word of God. People who even go to sleep in church, y'all need to wake up. You're missing something. Satan uses all those things to build up these walls. I never will forget when I was in seminary, I'm, I'm, and I'm almost done. And we went through our field education class, and I've told you this before, and I had the traumatic plastic surgery unit at Grady Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. That's where I was assigned to. And and so anyway, I won't go through the whole story again. If you remember, you remember. If you don't, that's okay. This part is what matters. So when we, we would have to write verbatims of our conversations with our patients. So I went back uh, to class and did my verbatim. And that one, I'm thinking about two things. So let me skip past that one. Let me go to the other one. So I had to do my preaching. I had the preaching class. Wonderful when your friends have to grade you. My professor said to me, he said, you have a good gift. And all of this is kind of tied together. He said, but you've built up a wall that you don't let people get beyond. Well, I thought about that, and he was telling the truth, because you could only get so close to me. I would not let people get close to me. But, but he said to me, he said, to be effective in ministry, you have to tear that wall down. And see, Satan has built up strongholds in people's lives, and they're not effective in life because they won't tear the walls down. You get safe behind those walls. And sometimes satanic strongholds that he's built up, they become safety nets for people. You've heard of familiar spirits. You become very familiar with those spirits and they become your friends and your buddies. 
and you're behind that wall, and it's kind of like you don't let people get, you won't tie those walls down so that people can really, so that the gospel can reach you. So that you can be broken. Oh, when David prayed, he said, he said, uh, a broken and a contrite spirit you will receive. And I may not be quoting it exactly right, but he was praying that God would, would create in him a clean heart. That that spirit, that, 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 that your, your spirit got to be broken. That spirit that has to be broken many times, is, it's just pride. That, 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 that's a wall that the devil has built up. It's a stronghold in a lot of people's lives. You're prideful. So when things happen, you react out of your pride. You respond to people because they hurt your pride. Last point. Last point of the message. I mentioned this last week. This is what's going for you. This is what we have on our side. Christ's kingdom is firmly established. Oh, I didn't, get, I didn't talk about the blood of the Lamb, but we have the blood of the Lamb. We have the word of our testimony, and we have the blood of the Lamb. The blood still works, saints. The blood has been shed on Calvary for the remission of our sins. That's yet power in the blood. The blood is not going anywhere. We have the blood of the Lamb that covers us. We have victory through the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary for the remission of our sins. That's all I say about that. The last point of the message is the divine enabler is on our side. Jesus said, I will not leave you helpless. I will come to you. I will be with you. I will be in you. We have help, saints. He is our helper. The paraclete is our helper. Yes, we're in warfare. Yes, the devil is angry. He's furious, and he's pouring out his fury in the earth. But we have help. Help. Glory to the name of Jesus. You're not in this alone. If you were in this alone, you would have been overcome a long time ago. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But in a time of need, your help is right here for you. In fact, he never leaves you, nor does he forsake you. Isn't that what the Lord said? Hallelujah. You don't have to call out loud. I know sometimes when we get to preaching and praying, we pray to the top of our voice. But he's right here. And he's not hard of hearing. We have help. Can somebody say, I've got help? Oh, yes, 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 yes. He, did. he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He says, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. He's with you in your battles, whatever you're going through. He is with you. Hallelujah. Satan increases his fury as he increases his attacks. Amen. Holy Spirit is here even the more. He sees you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're experiencing. Amen. And you may not experience him audibly or physically, but his presence is with you always. His presence is with you always. Lean into him. Oh my God. Lean into him. Embrace him. Fellowship with him. Call on him. Talk to him. He's with you. You've got help. Got help. Got help. I will lift up my eyes to the hills where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. The maker of heaven and earth who promised me that he would be with me. Not only with me, but he's in me. Glory to the name of Jesus. If you Holy Ghost feel, my goodness, just tap in. When trouble comes, just, just, just go to speaking and praying in tongues. Amen. 
You may not know what to say in your, with your natural voice, but you got a tongue. You got a prayer language. Glory to the name of Jesus. Amen. You just need to go into praying in other tongues. Glory to the name of you. Pray in your prayer language. He knows what he's praying. It's just You just let go. Hallelujah. Just go deep in. Just go, go deep in because he's got to help you. He's got to help you. Hallelujah. Confidence. Confidence to live the life. Saints, we can live this life. We can. We can live this life. The enemy has already been defeated, and so we can defeat him when he comes to us to try to pull us away from the Lord. He's just, he, he's trying to fool us and deceive us. But Jesus has already defeated him. You operate from that standpoint. That's where we get the perspective. I don't operate for victory. I don't fight for victory. I operate from the vantage point of victory. And I can fulfill the assignment. You can fulfill the assignment. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you today for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes all that you desire. You prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. God, we give you praise right now. For that unsaved person today, I pray that they will hear your voice, obey your voice, and yield their lives to you. For that person that's on the fence, that's still doubting, I pray for their souls. I pray that they too will hear your voice, obey your voice, give their lives to you. I pray for the believers today, all over this building, those that are listening to me online. Thank you. That our confidence is in you. Your kingdom is firmly established. We have the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. In this battle, we have your help. We are victorious. We're not fighting for victory. We already have the victory. As we stand against the enemy, we already have the victory. As you use us to rescue perishing souls, thank you that we have the victory. Thank you for the assignment that's on our lives. I rebuke the hand of the enemy now in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. The blood of Jesus is against you. Take your hands off of God's people. Take your influence away from their mind. Take your influence off their bodies. I rebuke sickness today in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus right now. I plead the blood of Jesus right now. Mental anguish. I cast down, I curse at the very root in the name of Jesus. Every sickness, every disease, I curse it now in the name of Jesus at the very root. By the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I speak healing in, this, in our bodies, in this house today, in the bodies of every individual, whatever they are going through in their bodies today. God, you said in your word, by your stripes we are healed. And you said in your word, Lord, that if any two of us agree on earth, it's touching anything we ask. It shall be done by your father, by, by, by Father in heaven. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I praise you right now. We touch and agree today. Is anybody agreeing with me right now for healing? Anybody agreeing with me right now for financial breakthroughs? I speak it today in the name of Jesus. Uh, we stand in agreement today. There might be a lost child today, an unsaved child. We stand in agreement. Will you agree with me today? We ask this of you, Lord Jesus. You said your father would do it. We take you at your word. We stand on your word. We stand on your word. Thank you for confidence today, Lord. Thank you for confidence in our lives. 
to live the life. Thank you for confidence to defeat the enemy. Thank you for confidence to fulfill the assignment. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, in our minds, in our spirits, in our bodies. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. For a triumphant church. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. There's anybody today that's unsaved. We want to give you that opportunity to make that confession of Christ today in your life. If you're watching this online and you've never accepted Jesus as Savior and your Lord, I pray that something in this message spoke to you. We're living in a day and time when we see the work of Satan magnified, but he's still already defeated. If I were you, I'd be on the winning team. Jesus has already won the victory. He's gotten it for us when he died on the cross. He defeated Satan, cast him out of heaven. He's in the earth realm now, but he's already still defeated. We've got to know that. Get on the right side. Don't stay on the opposite side because you're doubting and uh, you're questioning and you don't, don't know all of the ins and outs and, and, and the Bible is, is, is written by man. All of this foolishness, come to Jesus so that the Lord can open up the eyes of your understanding. You sit under the correct teaching of the word of the Lord. God will reveal things to you. But while you're on the outside, while you're trying to search and dig and you're reading every book and reading every religion and, 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 and reading every philosophy, the devil is using that to confuse your mind even the more. Even the more. Come to Jesus now. Give your life to Jesus today. Start on a pathway that, will, that leads to life. Start with Jesus. He died on the cross to satisfy God's wrath. God's law says the soul that sins shall surely die. We've sinned and we've come short of God's glory. We deserve death, but Jesus took our place on the cross. He was the divine substitute. But we deserve death. He took our place died for us, shed his blood to satisfy God's righteousness so that now we become to satisfy the righteous requirement of God's law so that through faith in Jesus, we become now the righteousness of God. That's the only way. That's why Jesus is the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. Come to Jesus. So if you're watching us online or if you're in the building, but if especially online, maybe everyone in here is saved, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. You became the righteous requirement of the law on my behalf. You died, shed your blood to save me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you live forever and through faith in you and your finished work, I can be saved. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. I receive you now as my Savior and my Lord. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. 
Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground, in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.